I am really, really happy to be here. And do you know I have to be honest over the 20-some-plus years that Rob and I have been back here and, and serving and being with this body, I have learned how much I need you <laughs> and how thankful I am for women's ministry, for the body of Christ, for, for sisters in Christ. And I'm really excited for this continuance of the B series that we started last fall. And um, I want to explain briefly the heart behind B because maybe for some of you, when you heard the or saw the study and you saw that word B, your knee-jerk reaction was, oh, great. Uh, just what I need, right? More pressure of people telling me who I should be or how I should behave, and I already feel inadequate and don't meet my own expectations. So how in the world am I supposed to meet theirs? Like, I already know I need to be more like Jesus. And so maybe for you, um, you weren't really sure about coming to Bible study, but then you've got that tug of the Spirit saying, but you need to be at Bible study. So I, some of you may maybe identify with that. Um, and then there's others of you who may be lit up at the topic B because you're the doers. You're the go-getters. You like the list. You like to, you like to be told what to do and, and how to do it. I call you the overachievers. Just tell me what to do. Let's get to this. And whether you're on one side of that or the other side, I'm just thankful that you're here today and that I'm here today and we're going to be so blessed. Um, and what we really want you to see behind the heart of B and grasp a hold of is this really beautiful truth, and listen up, that in every exhortation or command or prayer for us to be, it's always in conjunction or in light of who God is. Amen? Always. It's either going to um, be linked to his power or his presence or his promises. And then w- knowing that, that is what then enables us to not only be, but to be doers, right? Because the word tells us to be doers of the word. And that's exciting, and that is why we are here. It gives us that hope and that confidence that, yes, we are being transformed into the image of Christ. The change is happening. We are maturing. Hallelujah. Um, on Monday night when the girls started, Debbie Crocchiolo got up to give the introduction, and I love that she mentioned how she actually looked up the word be in the dictionary, and she mentioned some of the definitions of it, some of the words that describe be, and, and um, it was so interesting. It was the word to stay or to stand. One of them was to breathe. And then one was to abide. And I was like, yay, abide! Because like Yvonne said, that's our heart and motto for this ministry. It's our mission to abide and abound. So um, God is good. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. (laughs) We thank you. Lord, that you are the one that enables us to be who you have called us to be. And Lord, we are so thankful for who you are. And who you've been in our life and your faithfulness and your goodness and your tender mercies and your compassion that fails not. Lord, your faithfulness, your trustworthiness, your goodness, your kindness. Lord, we could go on and on. Lord, we are so thankful that we are in you. 
And Lord, speak to us this morning. Would you just open up our eyes and our heart to understand you more clearly, to understand this passage more clearly, and just have your way and will in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3 if you're not there already. And we know, of course, it's behind me that the topic for today is that we would be women filled with all the fullness of God. And um, I love that the first B that we're doing is actually from the book of Ephesians. Because if you're part of Calvary Vista, you know that we have been studying the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter, verse by verse on the weekend services. So we have been like just marinating in Ephesians, right? If you've been following and it's just been so, so, so good. But remember at the beginning of Ephesians that Paul spends the first three chapters just immersing us in this beautiful picture of God's redeeming love and all the spiritual blessings that are ours in Jesus and because of Jesus. And there's just like this layer upon layer of life-changing truths that Paul is wanting us to like fully understand and rejoice in. I feel like he's saying, girls, it just gets better and better. And look, like it's all yours And we don't have time to go through all of them, but let me just remind you of a few of the spiritual blessings that are yours in Christ, that you have been cleansed. You're cleansed and forgiven and clothed in righteousness. That we've been adopted as children of God. We're a part of his family, and we've been given this incredible inheritance that's incorruptible, that's always there for us. I love the fact that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and that he now resides in us and we've been made alive to God, dead to sin, alive to God. And now we are his workmanship and we're created for good works. And and then Paul talks about how, ladies, now we have access to God. We have access to come boldly and freely into his presence. And you have to remember, this was revolutionary, okay? We've heard this. We know this. But this was mind-blowing because it was the mystery of God throughout ages that, that was finally revealed to mankind. And Paul's getting to be a part of sharing that revelation. So as we pick up here in chapter 3, verse 14, we have to understand that we're at the climax of what Paul is sharing. And I need a drink. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's bad timing, right? In the climatic moment, I need a drink. Okay. But anyways, he's at this climax of all that he's been pinning. And then, as we're going to read, he literally, like, he's just so in awe that he bows his knee and he, knee and he begins to pray this beautiful prayer that's for every believer in the church, and it's for you and me. And so with that in mind, let's read our text, starting with verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width 
and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And we say, Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. I want this. I need this. So be it. We want to be filled with all the fullness of God. But what exactly does that mean? And what should that look like in our everyday life in a practical way? Because the truth is, when we think of these adjectives of being filled or being full, when it references our lives more often than not, we would say, I'm so full of stress, right? (laughs) Or we're filled up with so much anxiety. We're like full of all this worry and all this fear, and we're full of frustration or anger, maybe at our children or at our husband or, or at somebody. We're just full of it. And it is so easy for us to to be so filled up with this overwhelming burden or weight because of just the cares of the world or our sin that, that we have to deal with and also just the busyness of life. And it can just, all those things, that's what we think of most of the time when we think of how I feel that I'm filled up or that I'm full. And sadly, what spills over and runs out of us usually, well, in those situations, never looks like the fullness of God. This was me a few weeks ago. I didn't like me. I was having a really bad day, and at the end of it, I literally like had a meltdown. Of course, this is something that was brewing in my heart for weeks and weeks and weeks, but it, it, this was the day when it just all just came flooding out, and I, I wasn't good to be around. I, I didn't actually want to be around anyone. <laughs> I was overwhelmed and stressed out, and then I was dealing with the shame and the condemnation of being the fact of that I was being such a jerk to, to Rob, to, to just everything. I was just not in a good place. And, and so I decided that I was going to get in the car, I was going to drive to the beach, because I envisioned like just the sweetest time with Jesus, because I knew that that's really all I needed. I just needed Jesus. And so I wanted to go, and I just wanted to sit and like pour my heart out to him and with the crashing of the waves and you know the the just the, the, the ocean there's right there's something that happens at the ocean it's just unbelievable as far as just feeling the presence of god and i needed him and i wanted that just me and jesus and i wanted to hear from him i needed direction i needed answers in my life but it didn't work out that way <laughs> not at all Because first of all, I forgot it was summer. So like literally there was no place to park. Okay, I'm just driving forever just trying to find a place to park. And then I finally get parked and I'm just took forever to like go find, try to find like a solitude kind of beach area. And so I get down there and you will not believe it. There was literally no sand to even sit on. It was like high tide. And so like no sand at all, just rocks. So I was like, okay, I like rocks. Jesus is my rock, so I'm going to go find a rock to sit on. And I'm telling you, everybody was looking for a rock to sit on. And it was just like, ah, and the frustration was just building up 
in me. And so I got in my stump back to my car and just, I mean, I'm crying as I'm, as I'm walking to my car. And I decided, okay, I'm just going to drive down coast of 101, the highway, and maybe down farther where you can kind of park over the cliffs. And, and um, because, because by this time, the sun was setting. Like I'm missing the whole, the whole moment of that beautiful time of Jesus and the sun going down. And, and, and I, I had actually like tried to sit for a minute, but I'm like looking around and all this fears in me. Like I wasn't feeling safe. Like, you know, your imagination, but literally it felt like there was a homeless man on every rock next to me. So it was just the weirdest thing. And I know some of it was warfare. So anyways, I get in my car, I drive, I'm driving down. And again, literally, there's so much traffic. I can't find a place. By this time it's dark, forget it, go home. So I'm in the car driving home in traffic and I'm just venting to the Lord. And I'm frustrated because, Lord, I try to do it right. I try to go have time with you. But here's the thing. While I'm sitting, sit, that's one of the words for be, sitting in the car, <laughs> pouring my heart out. And then another key thing in those moments, breathing, right? Just breathing in slow, slow. They tell you that for anxiety, just, you know, they teach you how to breathe. So I, I'm, I'm a believer in that. So I'm just having that time. I'm just calming down my heart and my mind. I'm talking to the Lord. And somehow, some way, God still graciously met me. Now, I didn't receive the answers to all my problems, but I did sense his love in a very real and tangible way. And you know what? It grounded me. It brought that peace that I needed and that assurance in him and in his love. You know, when my kids were little, um, there's something that I used to do with them, and actually I do it now with my grandson, Josiah. And I'll, it's like a little game where I go, well, I'll, I'll be as if I do it to my grandson, Josiah. I'm like, Josiah, does Grammy love you this much? And he'll be, no. I'm like, does Grammy love you this much? No. And then I'll say, does Grammy love you this much? And he's like, yeah. And I put my arms around him and I hug him and I kiss him all over because I want to constantly reassure him that I love him. I want him to feel my love. I want him to know whether he's being good or bad in his behavior that I love him. Well, that night in the car, it was like getting a big hug from God. (laughs) Girls, abiding in love is knowing and believing that you are loved perfectly and completely. It's essential to living in the fullness of God. Why? Because God is love. It's not just what he does for us. It's who he is. And we're told that whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And she who abides in love abides in God and God in him. That's from 1 John. I think it's from chapter 4, 3 or 4. Did you catch that? We have known and believed the love of God. So look again with me at verse 17, where Paul, it says that Christ... um, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And I want you to catch that that he's not, um, Paul isn't praying that that we would be rooted and grounded in love. No, it says 
you being rooted and grounded in love. In other words, having been rooted and grounded in love. You see, when we opened up our hearts in faith to Jesus Christ, our Savior, we were immediately deeply rooted and securely grounded in the love of God. Let me say that again. You were immediately deeply rooted and securely grounded in the love of God. So every time the enemy speaks those stinking lies over you, trying to get you to doubt God's love, and every time you feel insecure or you feel afraid because of your own sin or your own failures, you need to remember that it's his perfect love that casts out Fear. So every fear that we face is silence there. It's when we run into the sanctuary of God. It's that abiding relationship where we're in his presence and we're reminded of that deep, deep love for us. And you know what? Um, He loves us with an everlasting love. And we're told that in his presence is fullness of joy. That's where we're going to find it, girls. It's in the presence of God. So having been rooted and grounded in love, Paul is praying that we would be able to comprehend this limitless, extravagant, immeasurable love of God. And that word comprehend means to understand just how great it is. So basically, it's like to lay lay hold of it, like take it, own it, and to... And then, so he he wants, Paul prays that we would comprehend it, but then he also says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You see, Paul wants us to have more than head knowledge. And that word know here in the Greek means is gnosko, and it means to know intimately, to know through experience. So it's not enough for us to just be students of the word. We need to experience the word. We need to experience the love of God and all the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. And that's the point of this prayer. That from God's glorious unlimited resources, we would experience them in a fuller and a deeper and a richer way. I love how the Amplified Version says this. It says that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. You see, but what we have to understand in this prayer is that we already have the power of the Holy Spirit, right, in us and available to us. So what Paul's really saying is may we experience that strength and power in a deeper way in dwelling our innermost being, like more. Give him more of your power, Lord, more of your spirit. And Christ is already dwelling in our hearts through faith. Amen? We know that. We're secure in that. So really what the prayer is, is may we be more, may Jesus be more and more at home in our hearts, that it would that that would grow, that that would develop, that that he would want to abide in that, in our heart, that that it would be comfortable, that that it would be good, okay? That more and more he would be at home in our hearts. And then, girls, the love of God has already been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. But may we comprehend it in a greater dimension. Does that all make sense? 
you understand that? Okay. Now, notice, too, where it says, um, verse 18, may, may, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. And I like that he says that because, you know what? It really is in community, in the body of Christ, that we are able to comprehend his love more and more, Right? It's when we're talking to one another and sharing what God has done. I was just talking with Sandy Abrish and Donna right beforehand, and Sandy's sharing this like mind-blowing way that God just faithfully worked in her son-in-law's life. And, I, and we're like, that like builds, that like strengthens my faith and confidence in the Lord. And as we do that with one another, we're understanding, we're comprehending the love of God more when we're sharing our testimonies when we're speaking of the great works of God. And you know what else, girls, that all of us, we are literally an expression of God's love. Do you realize that? You are the hands and feet of God. So when we love one another, when we help one another, we're, we're, we're ex- an expression of the love of God. And so we as saints all together need to be working together to comprehend the love of God. And another way that we grow in this area of understanding God's love is when we have to deal with one another, right? Because there's always people issues. We have different personalities. There's just different stuff going on. We're at different places in our lives and in our relationship. And that's where the rubber meets the road, when we have to, we have to love one another. we got to live it out. And so... God knows that we need to be in this environment where we have to rub shoulders. We have to do life together because that is another way that we are going to comprehend his great, sacrificial, faithful love. I love a quote from John Stott that says, it needs the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. First John I didn't write the reference. It's all in First John, this part. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. First John 4, 7 and 8. Who knows that old song? Don't you love when we learn song, scripture through songs? It all comes back. I'm like, I do know where to find that. First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, and she who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And that's the part where as we are, we are in the love of God, the fruit of love is supernaturally going to come out of our lives. It will be produced in and through the Spirit of God moving and working through his love, and then it flows out onto one another and out onto a world that desperately needs to see Jesus. Now, of course, we may not always feel like we're full of any of God, right? Because feelings are feelings. And so that is where faith has to be exercised over your feelings that, you're, that you know and you believe God's word. Because girls in Colossians 2.9, it tells us that in Jesus 
dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then John 1, 16 says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. I like the Amplified version of this. It, it helps make sense of it. It says, For out of his fullness, that superabundance of his grace and truth, We have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. So we've all received from the fullness of God. It doesn't say all of God's fullness, but we've received from the fullness of God. It's it's a work that he's doing in us. I'm missing part of my notes, but there's something I want to say in that. So I'm looking for it. Well, maybe I'm not supposed to say it. Um, John 1.16 tells us of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. And so we can trust in that. So even when we don't feel it, we know it and we believe it. And we walk in that truth. Amen. I do feel like I'm missing this part of my message, so forgive me, but I'm going to move on with an exhortation that I really felt was from the Lord for you and I that helps us understand this idea of being women that are filled with the fullness of God, and that is that we would be present, that we, we would be present in our relationship with God. And what do I mean by that? Well, let me give you an example. You see, I've been married to Rob for 33 years now, and the Word tells us that the two become one, okay? It's an ongoing process. We're, we're slowly becoming one. Um, but I know him, and I love him, and we've experienced life together and the fullness of life. But I can be in the living room, sitting on the same couch with him, Maybe even holding hands, watching a movie together, but not really present, like not really engaged in the fact that he's right there with me, right? Oftentimes, I'm just somewhere else in my head, you know? I'm multitasking. (laughs) Really, I'm on my phone or my iPad. And so if Rob starts talking to me, I'm really good at looking like I'm listening. I know how to nod my head here and there, give him a quick glance. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, right. But I'm not really paying attention. And if he asks me to repeat what he said, more often than not, I don't have all the details. (laughs) I can't because I wasn't fully present And honestly, this is a bad habit that gets me in a lot of trouble because I miss out on important information. (laughs) And uh, often I'll get frustrated at Rob, and I'm like, you you didn't tell me that. And he'll be like, "Uh, no, it was last night on the couch, sitting next to you, holding your hand, watching the movie. Right? But just not fully engaged. And he's like, Denise, you don't listen to me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to get better at it. And sometimes I think God would say the same thing to us, 
that if we want to experience his fullness and all those spiritual blessings and the resources and the wisdom, then we need to be present in that personal relationship, that we have an awareness of his presence, that we're you know, not just at church in the pew with our hands lifted for worship, but we're totally disengaged. Because we're like just somewhere else. We're just going through the motions. Or we have the word open in the morning. But we couldn't tell you what we just read after we closed it up and went off to our day. Right? We have a bad habit of that. There's actually a book that's called Practicing the Presence of God. It's an old book. And if Marianne Hummel was here, she could tell me who the author is. But she moved far, far away. And if Marianne, if you're watching... You have to, yeah. Anyways, you can look it up. Does anybody know? Jenny May, anybody? Yeah. Who is it? Brother Lawrence. It's a great old book that I would encourage you readers to pick up. But it's called Practicing the Presence of God. And that's what we need to think like. That, you know, we're practicing, we're, we're listening, we're engaging, we're, we're hearing, we're seeking, we're asking, we're knocking. We're looking up. We're looking at Jesus. We're beholding him. Because as we behold him, what happens? We become like him. Alan Redpath said, He will transform you into his likeness. You do the beholding, and he does the transforming. And the good news, girls, is that one day we literally will be completely filled with all the fullness of God. Amen? Because we know, 1 John 3, 2 and 3 says, Beloved, now we're children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies herself just as he is pure. So girls, in closing, remember that although Paul prayed that we would be able to comprehend, that we would be able to know and experience more and more and more and more, I love that how he ends because he brings it all back around because it really is the reality that God is the one who is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He can take us deeper. He can fill us fuller. His grace is sufficient. So girls, ask him. We should be daily asking him to fill us with his Holy Spirit, to fill us with more of of him and his fullness. Behold him and become like him. Believe his word and bear much fruit. Amen? Let's let it be. Lord, we, we say amen. We say let it be. We thank you for who we are in Christ and all the fullness of you that you have, you have helped us to, you've revealed it to us. All those spiritual blessings, all that is ours. And so, Lord, help us to see it, to acknowledge it, to, want, to take hold of it and experience it in a deeper, fresher way in our lives. No matter if we're 50 years in the Lord or two months in the Lord, it's always your heart that we would be going deeper and growing and maturing in our relationship and being transformed in the image of your dear son. 
So, Lord, may we be women that abide in you so that we can abound in fruit. Help us to experience the breath of God's love, to test its length, to live full lives, full in the fullness of God. And we ask this in faith, and everybody agrees. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So we're going to take a minute because we're going to do a, uh, start a panel, a discussion panel. Okay, real quick. Okay, I just, we have a great little, little nugget, a little testimony right now that I know will bless you. So Cynthia has something to say real quick. I was just sharing with her that uh, back, oh, months ago, when Rob taught on this verse, he had challenged us to memorize um, this portion of scripture, to pray it for ourselves, pray it for others. So my husband and I did that. And at the time, I wasn't... um, sleeping real well at night, so I was up a lot, and so that's what I was doing a lot of times during that time, and every single, and, and it took me a while to memorize it because I'm getting old, <laughs> but every little section, like in between every little comma, you know, it might have been four words at a time, but as I memorized it, you know, we're ruminating it, memorizing it, um, meditating on it, that it just, every section came alive. Um, so I just encourage everybody to look at those verses and, uh, and challenge you to memorize them. If I can memorize it, you can memorize it. Um, anyway, and then one other thing I didn't get to share with you about. When you were talking about um, breathing, um, when you were, you know, driving to the beach and how you were breathing, it made me think about um, when Ben Corson was here. And just when, when you're taking those deep breaths, whether it's with your little kids or a fight with your spouse or whoever or whatever, and you're breathing, just think Yahweh, you know, like what Ben Corson said. Yeah, anyway. Yahweh. Yeah. Did you catch that? You breathe yeah. in. Yeah. Out. Awesome. Yahweh. Yahweh. Okay, cool. Okay, you guys can share that one. Okay, so... That was so good, Denise. Thank you so much. Beautiful, beautiful. So what we're going to do just um, in the next half hour-ish, we uh, have about a half hour, <laughs> is um, we're just going to take a few of those principles and talk a little bit deeper about them, a little more practical about some of them. So I want to introduce you to Sarah West, who's um, having a baby in like 18 days. So um, and- Yeah, it's coming soon. I told her tomorrow's fine, just not today. But um, Sarah's been a part of Calvary Vista and our women's ministry for many, many years, Bible study leader, and um, just we love her, and um, we're grateful that she was available to hold off for a few days to be with us today. And then Carrie Wheeler um, has also been part of Calvary Vista Women, and she's worship leader. You've probably seen her lead worship if you've been coming on Thursday mornings. And the Lord is using her in a lot of amazing, wonderful ways in different women's Bible studies, and we're excited to have her. And this is Shanti Westby. Um, her and Jim have been a part of Calvary Vista for a long time, and Shanti has served also in women's ministry in a lot of different capacities, um, group leading, women's, she's on our leadership board, and um, I love that, because you never know when you're inviting people to be part of things. I love that the three of them ended up being here together. They, they're friends, 
Um, they've, they've done this rhythm of Thursday morning together for a while, and um, they're all really nervous, so have grace on them. So let's, let's jump into it. So, um, so I love um, that whole behold and become, how Denise ended with that. And so let's kind of start there. And I think um, if we just take a moment in um, the, the, the honesty of our own mind um, and we ponder the question, um, am I growing in that place of um, beholding and becoming? Am I growing and pursuing um, the fullness of God? And so I think just it, even right now in your mind, just answer that question real quick. You know, is that something I'm um, pursuing. And, um, some of you will say, yes, I am. That's on the fire. I'm going for the, you know, yes, yes, yes. That's why I'm here. And some of us will say, um, no, I'm, I'm just, I feel kind of flatlined or stagnant or whatever. And some of us are somewhere on that spectrum in between those two answers. I think first of all, to even wrap our brains around that we can behold the most high God and have access to the fullness of him is pretty mind-boggling and um, should just make us be like, yes, I'm after that every day. But the reality is we aren't always. So no matter how you answer that question along that spectrum, ladies, um, we can all say there's things that hinder our our growth and our pursuit in, in accessing and living out in the fullness of God, and there's things that help. So we want to talk kind of practically. So let's talk some hindrances. What are some of the things um, in our lives? Um, Maybe it's something in your own life. Maybe it's things you observe in others, just the general world we live in. What are some of the things that hinder us from growing in that um, knowledge and experience and living out the fullness of God? Um, For me, I I think a big hindrance for me is sleep. I just, I, I want to get up and read my Bible, but there are some days when um, I just say, oh, the Lord understands. He knows I need sleep. He made me human, and he was human. And, um, but, then, but then I'm sad later on because I know that I've missed out on what the Lord would want to show me. And um, for me, like, because I have such a busy life. I have five boys, and I homeschool a couple of them, and um, that's pretty much like the only time I get with Jesus is in the morning, early, before my kids get up. And so if I miss out on that, then um, even if I think, oh, when they're napping, I'm going to read my Bible, or you know, after the kids go to bed, I'm going to read my Bible, and it doesn't happen. So um, sleep for me is a big hindrance. All right, so it's kind of interesting because Monday night I go to a Bible study, and we're in Hebrews chapter 2, and it's talking about um, not abiding. What is the word? Um, I should just look at it because I've got a good memory, but it's short. So it's just, I'm going to read it because I can. So it talks about, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. And so the question was, what is keeping you? What is keeping you? The same thing. What is the hindrances? And I couldn't believe that the women, I was like writing things down because I was going to pray for them. Friends, 
husbands, jobs, um, their, their own hidden sin keeps them just from um, he, not heeding the word. And so it's kind of like getting caught up. For me, I can get overwhelmed because my expectations of what I think should happen. Like, you guys are like, so, we're so real. Role reverse. Like, Kirk's always on his phone, and I'm like, are you, dude, you're not even listening to me. What did I just say? Go ahead and repeat it back. And he's like, uh, something, 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 dinner. And like, you know, you guys all know. It's like you're on one side or the other. But um, I think just trying to, this is what it is. Okay. Trying to get away and thinking that, can you tell I'm so nervous? Because I don't do this. Ugh. I want to be hidden behind a guitar, actually. So I'm going to stand up. That's I'll feel more comfortable. Okay, so it says, Any notion that I have of finding comfort and salvation in the perfection of my surroundings has simply shown itself for what it is, an idol of the heart that can neither sustain nor deliver. Because I was thinking about that only because this is what we're doing on Monday night. And I put a tidy home or a quiet environment... My kids are, all my children are put away someplace. And I know my husband's okay because he's got his cell phone. And so everybody's good. And and it just kept, I wrote this down, has often been my comfort and my shelter in the craziness and my messiness or my messy seasons. And, And it says, I put down, it was never meant to be. We're not to put our trust or our worth in our surroundings. And, um, my physical environment was never intended to be my time never intended to be my time of refuge. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'm answering the question. Probably not, but there you go. Take that for me. <laughs> Good. So, sometimes just the realities of life are what can, can hinder us. And um, I do want to tell Sarah there is grace for a mama of five boys. And <laughs> sleep is important. And, um, um, okay. Shanti. I think sometimes, too, like, in our own minds, like, we can be convinced that um, our time with God or our devotion should look a certain way. They should look like so-and-so's or so-and-so's, and I need to be on this date, like, and and um, if we miss that, then we're just sweet we can get in our heads and think like I've failed and I'm a disappointment and it doesn't become about Jesus anymore. It becomes about a duty and homework. (laughs) And I'm like a rebel a little bit in my heart. And so I'm just like, I don't want to do homework. And so there's just like this yuck between me and God. And I think it needs to be, if we could just keep it in our minds about, I need to look at Jesus. I need to just see him, behold him, study him, uh, his ways. And, and just, I need, I need Jesus. And that's how our, if our approach is that in our, I think it's so refreshing throughout our day. So that's kind of, yeah. Okay. I agree with, and you, you're, it's exactly what Denise is saying. It's presence. It's the presence. We're in pursuit of the presence. And so, um, so what are some things that are, help us to do that? Like, 
you know, I'm just asking like practical things because we get the ideology of that. Like we need to be in pursuit of the presence of God. But what are, you know, things in our choices and our lifestyle that help us get into that place of experiencing his presence? Well, practically for me, like um, lately I've just decided to just throw away all the plans and all of that and just take, I'm going through Mark and I'm looking at five verses a day (laughs) and I'm just writing them down. What does it say? What does it mean? What does it say to me? And it it takes me a while, but it, it's helped me to just see Jesus and, and I can remember the four verses throughout the day versus five chapters, you know? So I, I wasn't, I wasn't seeing Jesus like, and thinking about Jesus and in reading the, you know, five, five chapters on this date. And so if that's, you know, if that speaks to you, if that's what's happened to you, then maybe just slow down and yeah. So. Anyone? Um, I've done similar to what Shanti just said. Um, There was, I think it was a couple years ago where I was really struggling. I love reading the one-year Bible, and I love um, finishing the year and being like, yes, I read the Bible through one more time. And um, I can't even tell you guys how much I have learned about God's Word and about God just by reading through the Bible. I went, I grew up um, pretty much in this church and in a Christian home, and I went to Calvary Christian School, and I graduated from Calvary Christian School, and I went to the Bible College, and I graduated from the Bible College. Um, But I never knew um, about God and about his word, um, like, I have through reading the one-year Bible, and um, but I really struggled at one time, and um, I had to stop, and um, I picked up the book of John, and I um, just read through a chapter, like Shanti, um, I don't know, like I would just take as many days as I need to and just like pulled apart one chapter at a time, like doing an inductive Bible study through each chapter, and it was so good, and so... Um, so being, like, not, because I think for me, like, growing up, the way that I did, it was so easy to be legalistic, and I've really struggled with that, and so kind of just, like, being, it's okay to not read my one-year Bible, because I was still, um, the Lord just did a huge work in my heart during that time, um, and, but another, like, you know, for, um, to speak as like a mom with young kids, having worship music on in my house all day long. Um, the kids love to put CDs in the car, like Odyssey, or um, there's a there's a series called The Brinkman Adventures, which is a Christian um, family with a ton of kids that homeschool. So I'm like, I relate to that, um, and um, just like not wasting our time on things that don't matter. I feel like our time is so short, especially with my kids. My oldest is 13, and he's in school now, and I miss him so much. (laughs) 
and um, really realizing that, that time is so short. So not wasting time on things that don't matter um, is those are some practical things. Well, bottom line is just abiding. You know, it's John chapter 15, and um, I think everybody in this room, we're all different. So we can't just, you said, I'm just not reading five chapters a day. I'm only going to stick with four verses. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. You know, I remember totally a time where it was so hard to get in the Word, so hard to get in the Word, even though I wanted to. So I just listened to Veggie Tales on tape. I listened to... Any, that's what it was. And I sang all the time with my kids, and, and that was the word. That was the word. You know, you mentioned that song. You know, that's how I memorize scripture, by music. So whatever works best for you. But the bottom line is you have to abide. You have to be in fellowship. You have to. It, um, Hebrews tells us, do not forsake the fellowship of the brethren, because you will slip away. You have to be anchored in. You have to be rooted. And so... Whatever you're involved with, however God is moving on your life, that's how God is moving on your life. Don't try to cookie-cutter your life into someone else's or someone you admire or someone you're like, wow, she teaches the Bible so great, or wow, this person's so awesome at that. It doesn't matter, because if that's how you're supposed to be, God would have made you like that, right? So just abide and choose. It's just choosing. Amen. I love that. Good stuff. Um, Okay, so some good things there, some good practical things there, and, um, you know, I think just... Asking the Lord, too. Lord, what what does this look like for me? What is this pursuit of being present with you um, supposed to look like in my life? And it will be different depending on your seasons and your times of life. And um, and we do have to be aware that there are weights and there are distractions and there is warfare and there are those things. And um, I think we have to acknowledge some of that those those hindrances, but then we... We um, appropriate God's words and, and God's way to um, enable us in that pursuit. So I love that Carrie ended on Abide. We're going to move on a little bit here um, because Denise talked about a lot about the love of God. So um, uh, Jesus says, Abide in my love that your joy may be full, and that's in John 15. Um, being rooted and grounded, which we already are. I love how Denise It wasn't a prayer to become rooted and grounded. We are rooted and grounded. Um, But this thought in John 15, that as we abide in God's love, there's fullness of joy. So um, if we're honest, we would say, yes, I abide in the Lord, and I am joy-filled all the time. Not. Um, So we often don't see joy in our own lives, or we see a depletion of joy, or we see it in those around us. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, when there's not joy in our life. So when there's a lack of joy, I'm not talking about um, happiness, like the surfacey happiness. We're talking about the joy of the Lord. So when, we, when joy is lacking in our life, what does that look like? Grumpy. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> I yell at my kids. Fear, anxiety, critical spirit. Discontent. 
this thing is really hard here, okay? Because, you know, when we break up for groups and everybody's got their study and everybody's answering, like, all these spiritual answers, you're like, wow, I must have missed the study because this is nothing that I'm going to answer, you know? But I guess, like, what does joy, what does not having joy look like? Not having joy, to me, looks like being totally robbed because joy is a fruit of the Spirit, right? So if we're not walking in joy, if we're not displaying joy, then that means... That Well, yeah, that's a byproduct of not walking in the gift that God has already given us, right? So if you're nasty, if you're short-tempered, if you're, you know, I'm not going to tell too much of my morning here, but I don't know. It's just, you know, really, if that's what you're, you know, if you're anything but what God says, kindness, gentleness, it's because you've left your gift, at the door. You left your gift at the bedside and you didn't pick it up. You know, you just, you've forgotten. And so to me, that's what without joy means. We've forgotten that who we are. You know? And really, <laughs> it just looks normal. Because mm-hmm. it's normal to the world. They don't have joy. Mm-hmm. So to have the joy is abnormal. Mm-hmm. You know? Everywhere you go, so. So, so when we um, are living life and um, we hear the Lord say, "Abide in me, abide in my love," um, you have fullness of joy. But when the hard seasons of life come, when there's trials and when there's suffering and when there's loss and maybe unanswered prayer. Um, I think sometimes we have a tendency to say God's love is not abiding with me anymore or we have those doubts and those fears does God love me I mean I'm looking at my friend over there and her life is so full and fruitful and abounding and mine is so hard so um, do we go through those thoughts and those fears and doubts and if we do how do we answer them I know for me recently, um, I have, I think about Peter um, and Peter walking on the water. And he walked on the water when his eyes were on Jesus. But as soon as he looked at his circumstances, he sank. And so um, something that's really burdened me and gotten me down uh, recently, I just... I realized that I was looking at the circumstances and I wasn't looking at the Lord. And all along, God knew that that was going to happen. Even in my planning and what my husband and I thought was best for our family and in prayer and fully knowing and still fully knowing that what we had planned for our family was completely led by the Lord and feeling like, these circumstances were um, not going along with that plan, I was looking at the circumstances and not looking at the Lord and knowing that God knew um, all along what was going to happen and he knows what's going to happen in the next few years. Um, And I don't have to be afraid um, because God is in control. He, um, He is in control of our family. He is in control of our decisions. He is in control of my children's lives, not me, um, which 
I have so much fear when I think about um, when I try to take that control out of God's hands, the control of my children's lives out of God's hands, and then I'm full of fear. But when I put my eyes back on Jesus and know that he is in control, he's just given them to me as gifts to raise, yet ultimately he is their father and he is in control, then there's so much peace and there's so, there's joy again. I can go back to having joy in homeschooling and having joy in my son, my oldest son being in school and, um, you know, all those things because my eyes are on the Lord and not on our circumstances. Yeah, maybe. When it's hard and you're feeling isolated and alone and you don't see God moving in your life on your behalf, have you ever doubted his love for you during that time? Okay, there are a lot of heads shaking yes right now. And so where do we go with that? And Carrie, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. So I know you came through just a really hard year. Um, Sister went home to be with the Lord. And there was a lot of ups and downs and fluctuations in that. All of us have gone through that. So how did you hold fast, I guess, how did you hold fast to the love of God in the midst of that? I think that we can't do it. We can't do it. But God has given us all a measure of faith. And, um, and I think he's so sovereign that when we're at that point, I always call it, God threw me a bone, you know? He'll kind of throw me a bone. And um, someone will text me. Someone will text me and say, hey, thinking about you and I'm praying for you. Someone will um, send a random card, Calvary Vista, (laughs) something so random, Um, little things. When you're seeing someone go through something, you don't have to have the answer because probably you don't have the answer. I would say 90% of the times you will not have the answer. So the things that you think you should say or you want to say, zippy the lippy. Like I tell my kids, just don't even say it. Because sometimes we just need a presence, like you talked about. We just need a presence. We want the presence of God so bad that we don't even know how to articulate it sometimes. And just by someone coming alongside, sitting right here and not even saying a word, can speak more of the love of God than anything that you think you can muster up to say to encourage does that make sense? Yeah. You're not you're you're more surrounded by the love of God. Yeah. Yeah, even if your own mind or your own feelings because that's just what happens sometimes. You're just like, God, where are you? I love that. Throw me a bone. Throw me something. Do you hear me? Do you see me? Do you know? And for me, a lot of times I'm equating that with um 
God's love, just like Denise was saying, she just pours out and demonstrates her love to her grandson. And we do that in our marriages and our families or whatever. You know, I'm like looking for God to demonstrate his love to me um, in the way that I think he should demonstrate it to me by rescuing me or fixing it or healing or whatever those things are. And yet God's very answer and um, perfect love in that situation may look very, very different. And yes, we have to exercise our faith and we have to go back um, to the word of God. And sometimes it is as simple as having a, a, a list of verses. If you're in that season, I went in that season when my mom was very sick, just, oh God, God, where are you? And I just had to hold fast to God's word. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love you. I love your dad. You know, the people that are hurting around us. Um, and just be, um, it's, and it's some of it's warfare. You're battling, like Rob was teaching, if you're from Vista, this, this series on the fiery darts. You're battling them with, it is written. Um, I believe, therefore I speak. You know, so those really um, practical things. And sometimes that seems shallow to me. Like, okay, I'm repeating a verse that says God loves me, even though I'm wondering if he does love me right now. Um, You know what? That's a measure of faith. Even though I don't feel like it, I'm exercising that faith in the midst of that. And um, this world's definition of love is imperfect, conditional culturally whacked, um, and we have to be careful, I think, to um, look at God's perfect, mature, unfailing um, depth, width, height. Um, We need to know that. We need to know what God's love looks like so that we're not thrown by these curveballs or these things in our life, and then we need to appropriate the truth of God's word and speak to our own hearts, and I love how you said... um, the people that came alongside her and demonstrated the love of God through encouragement and cards and stuff like that. So, um, okay, so um, that's kind of, you know, as we abide in God's love, and Carrie, you, you mentioned it before, that love is a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's an out, outpouring. So um, when we abide in God's love, it, it pr- produces fruit in our life, and we want that. We want fruitful living in our life. Um, so we've kind of talked a little bit about, um, I think, just hindrances to pursuit, and that would, that would be similar. But um, uh, I love the whole point of God's love is demonstrated in community. And um, it's we receive God's love, we know God's love, we expound and exp- our expressions of God's love um, in, 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 in community. And that's something that God does through us by the power of his spirit, where this isn't something we're working up, pulling up our bootstraps, doing ourselves. As we've done all these, these things, as we're pursuing him, we're pursuing the fullness, we're asking his spirit to fill us, we're abiding in him, then the result of that is the fruit of love. So um, let's talk a little bit about what the fruit of love looks like in... <laughs> Our, our, our life. So let's go um, first. Let's just start like, you know, we all are in relationships. Some of us are married. Some of us aren't. Some of us are moms, grandmas. Some of us aren't. Some of us are neighbors. Some of us are coworkers. So in those kind of immediate relationships, how can the fruit of love be manifested um, through our life? Okay, I'll say something. I've always got something to say, I guess. Okay, so the fruit, how can we manifest the fruit of love? 
toward others or for others in our life? Was it? Towards others. Towards your kind of immediate. Let's start there. Towards your people. Okay. Towards your people. I think towards anybody is grace, yeah. right? Um, because we're all journeying through this world together. And so what, why are we getting so down on one another? That's the thing. When one of us blows it, don't go and say something to somebody else. Oh, let me tell you, we need to pray for. That's not love. Just because it's always in the church, because we're always people. We're just people. We're sinners. And so, I don't know, I just see that a lot. The best way that we can show love and walk in that joy and be abiding in Christ is by doing what Jesus does. We make mistakes. He knows we're going to make mistakes. And that's how we get to know God anyway, is through our mistakes. If everything was like, like he was praying this morning, some of us are broken. I'm going to a funeral right after this because my girlfriend's son shot himself. So we are all surrounded by stuff. Okay, Some of us were down low, and some of us are up high. And so you got to be mindful of that. That's how you show love. Just allowing the Lord to move and work without being judgmental. Because you guys know me. A lot of you guys know me. I'm a hot mess. And so many times you don't say anything. You just pray for me. And that's totally God. That's so much grace. That's so much love. Is that what you're kind of asking? How can we show love? So that's, I don't know, just give each other a break. You know? Give each other a break. Grace, grace, grace. I'm the wrong person for this. I think, too, like, practically, like, if I'm not in prayer, I'm not nice. Like, and so... I think just taking the time to pray, it can change your whole attitude. And it's a miracle, actually. I mean, you just do it. And when I'm not obedient in that, um, you know, I think it's easy to, like, do your journaling and stuff and then be like, okay, Lord, just bless the day. But not really take time to pray and... um, a lot of times I just feel horrible and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pray. And, and I don't really feel good right after I pray. But later in the day, I'm like, this day went better just because I spent time in prayer, you know, and God's faithful. He's just so faithful. When Yvonne first emailed me and told me about this, the thing that I saw that stuck out to me the most was love and um, immediately the verse came to mind and had been on my mind for about a week was um, where Jesus says I think it's in John no greater love has a man than this than to lay down one's life for his friends and so love showing love is laying down my life for my kids and for my husband, so um, putting aside what I want and serving, I can't even tell you guys how much joy I have in my heart when I am doing things for my kids and for my husband when I would rather be doing something for myself. And I get so frustrated with, um, like, um, 
how the I, the wording is not coming, but it's such a big thing right now about like self care. Ugh. I can't even tell you how frustrated that makes me. Like, what do you do for yourself? How do you take time for yourself? You know, how you have to have time for yourself so that you, you know, and no, like they're pouring out and taking time for my kids and, um, and my husband, like when I'm sitting on the couch with my husband and we're watching a show together or, you know, on our phones together, and then being like, Kelly, can I make you some tea? Or would you like some water? Or can I get you anything? Like, immediately I'm filled with joy and love for my husband because I'm thinking about him and not myself. This is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. So. I love that. Whoever said, love like Jesus does. Like, what, what, what would he, what would Jesus do? I'm not you know, being flippant, but, um, I just think that's such a great, um, when we don't know, go look at Jesus life. When we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to, how to be around others, when we don't know anything, go look at the life of Jesus and see, um, how he lived and the example he set. And we're, we're we're out of time. Aren't you guys sad? (laughs) I do want to end with this though, on talking about love. Um, because there's a lot of, instruction from the Lord in this area of love to love the unlovable, to love um, the difficult, to love our enemies. And, um, you know, we're in the whole rhetoric world of our culture now of love, all love wins and hate loses and all of these things. Um, But I want to say that um, Jesus always intended for us as the church to be salt and light, shining lights that shine in the dark world. And the world's been dark from the beginning of time (laughs) that we're called to shine his light and his love in the world and the spheres of influence that he's put us in. And um, it's so easy. Someone spoke earlier about being judgmental or being critical or they're a loser or can you even believe that or yada, yada, yada. And we do that within the church, which is really sad. But... um, we do no service to the Lord by doing that out to the world. They don't know Jesus. This is why we're here. We're here, like Denise said, to be the hands and the feet and the expression of the love of God and the world that he's placed us in. And we only can do that by abiding in him, pressing into the fullness of him, Tapping in, appropriating, laying hold of, pick, own it. I love Denise said that. Owning all those truths, all those spiritual resources, um, that unfailing love. When when we first possess it, only then can we become um, the instruments and the tools that God has designed us be to show His love to this world. There is not going to be any proclamation of the truth of God's love in the secular cultural scene. It's not going to happen. And, and, and actually, we're, it's getting jeopardized more and more. So I think as we end today, and um, thank you again, Denise, great words. Really go through your notes again. Thank you, ladies. Good stuff. Um, I just say let's, let's walk away with that um, exhortation. First, our first behold, behold him. Behold the goodness and fullness and richness of him and let his spirit help you become 
the woman that he wants you to be. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, that is the prayer of our heart this morning. And we thank you. First of all, we thank you for your great love. That is high and wide and deep and rich. That is unfailing. That is perfect. That is freely given to us. Lord, we thank you that it's the gift that you've given us. Lord, help us to lay hold of it. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you've poured it out already by your spirit. You pour it out by your spirit. So we ask that you would bubble it up in that fullness of who you are. You'd bubble that love up out of our life, that it would overflow um, in whatever measure you choose. It might be being a mommy to five little boys. Um, It might be in a marriage that's difficult. It might be in a workplace. It might be on a grand stage and you're a missionary or whatever, Lord. Whatever you ask us, wherever you ask us to plant our feet, may we do so in faith and confidence in your goodness, your fullness, the the call that you've um, graciously given us to uh, access all of that, and then let it just overflow from our life, Lord. And um, yeah, sometimes we're not going to get it right. We're going to blow it. But again, this morning, the word grace. Lord, may we we realize that is a gift, (laughs) that you give us your grace. Grace upon grace upon grace, Denise said. So as we leave today, Lord, may these truths stir in our hearts, stir in our minds. And even as we spend this week now, even in this written study for those of us that are doing it, Lord, go, go deeper with us. Put your finger on some of those places in our life. Stir up those areas that you want to um, re- refine and transform and, uh, and do a freshness in. And um, we love you. We're so grateful that you give us um, your presence at all. And yet here you dwell, the most high God. Jesus, you dwell within us. Your spirit's within us. We have everything that we need for life and godliness because you are at home in our heart. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, ladies. They were brave. Okay, so um, the Lord bless your week. And I do want to say to some of you, if, if when you registered and you said, no, I don't want a written study, but now you've changed your mind and you've written one, take one. We have plenty. Um, be blessed this week as you go through it. And we will see you all back here next Thursday. If you want to bring a snack to share, that would be great. And um, if you have little ones, can go pick them up real quick and want to hang the rest of you. There's plenty of goodies back there to help yourself to some stuff. And uh, the Lord bless your week.